We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. I think I've heard just about every answer and cause and solution to every problem you can think of that's going on. None of them are the correct one. Everyone who has is crazy. Yeah. They don't have Jesus in them. Not the answer. So, so this is lucky number 13. Or in town drama number 13. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Revelation, chapter 20. Revelation, chapter 20. And if all bears out correctly, next week will be the final lesson. I said that a few weeks ago, but that's kind of like what I say on Sunday when I tell you I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm closing. My wife just gives me, gives me those eyes, and Bishop sits in the back and laughs. So I just start, quit looking at him. Yeah, I just quit. Yeah. While you're turning there to Revelation 20, in, in Scripture there are five judgments that are spoken. Uh, the one judgment we're very familiar with, and that's Calvary. We understand that our sins were judged at Calvary. Jesus died for our sins, and he, he paid the price for sin on the cross. First Peter chapter 2, 24, 1 John 1, 2 and 2. And, and, and we know there's, I'll just throw a few scriptures out there. There's a lot of scriptures that bear this out. That's, that, that was, we look at judgments in scripture and we wonder this is and that's and understand something that in reality, sin itself cannot be judged until time's over. So the, the, the beauty of the judgment of the cross is that it transcended time, transcended time because our sins are, are uh, they're gone, they're washed, they're clean. The first judgment. The, then there's the judgment seat of Christ that we read about. After the rapture, believers are, are judged to see what crowns, if any. You know, the, the Bible says there'll be some that are saved as of by fire. You know, East Texas term is they'll be saved by the skin of their teeth, how, however you want to call it. But it'll be the crowns that the people that will that all Christians will receive. Uh, that has nothing to do with salvation. The judgment seat of Christ has nothing to do with salvation. It's just the account that you, for your life and what you do for the Lord, and what and as to what crowns you'll receive and what are crowns. They're the works. You know, it's the works that you've done. Romans chapter fourteen, ten through twelve speaks about this. The third judgment is the judgment of the Jews or the judgment of Israel. Uh, the blunt of the tribulation is the judgment that you find on Israel. The blunt of the tribulation will come down on Israel. Uh, and simply because the Jews would not recognize, would not receive Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus talked about it in Matthew 24. And, you know, they were the ones that demanded that Jesus be crucified, his own people. You know, and one of the things that you look in the history of the Jews and the way they thought about Messiah coming, they were looking for a warlord. They were looking for someone that would take over and take power. A suffering Savior was not in their repertoire. They didn't see the Messiah as a suffering Savior. Therefore, they, they couldn't see Jesus didn't fit the bill. And so uh, the problem with that is Isaiah 53, Psalm 21, Zechariah chapter 12, all predicted a suffering Messiah, and yet they still couldn't receive it. And so, therefore, what you find, there are those that estimate that in tribulation, two-thirds of the Jewish population will be annihilated in tribulation. 
then only one-third will be left when Jesus comes for a second coming. Uh, fourth judgment is the judgment of the nations. This is a judgment God places on all nations except Israel. The judgment of the nations is when Jesus returns at the end of great tribulation. And, and, and for those that helped the Jews during great tribulation, they'll be allowed to pass into the millennial kingdom. These are the ones, th this is a large part of the populace in the millennial kingdom. We'll rule and reign. And remember we talked about what's going to go on in the millennial kingdom. Well, those that, those that helped the Jews in tribulation will be those that get to pass on into the millennial kingdom. And again, they're going to populate the earth. Uh, that, that'll be their primary purpose. The problem being with that group is that they will be the same group at the end that will be from all nations except Israel that are come one more time, take one more shot. The devil's going to try to do it one more time. Uh, they're the ones that will be deceived at the end of the thousand-year reign, and they will army up against God. And then that, of course, brings in the end of time as we know it because the Bible says God just destroys them with fire. And then that brings us to this final judgment. And that's the judgment I want to talk about tonight. It's called the great white throne judgment. It's the judgment of all unsaved. It's the judgment of all unsaved. And Revelation 20 talks about it, Revelation 20, 11 through 13. Well, so the, the sad thing about the white throne judgment is that no one, has the opportunity at all of being saved at, the, at that judgment. It's, it's done. It's, time's over. Uh, sin is all going to be judged. The judgment will be an eternal judgment. It'll be an eternal damnation. It'll be an eternal punishment. There, there are those that believe that the Scripture teaches that when they're cast in the lake of fire, they'll be burned up and they're gone eternally. But the Scripture doesn't bear that out. It bears out a punishment. Uh, that's eternal. It's constant. They'll, day and night, constant, 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 constant. That's, that's horrible. Uh, the problem is simple in this, in this thing. The simplicity of just not turning to God is what causes a person to be at the white throne judgment. They just didn't turn to God. You've got different dispensations of time and every dispensation of time, people have the opportunity to turn to God, depending on the dispensation. Uh, so let's talk about the great white. And I want to talk about it because it's very critical that we understand what's going to happen here. Because it's the end of the end of the end of the end. You and I know people that most likely are going to be there. There are people you maybe work with could be family members. It could be people in your neighborhood, people that you meet and talk to every day. All of us know somebody that's going to be at the white throne judgment. That should be very sobering. It should be very sobering. So let's read verse 11, chapter 20, verse 11. I, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. So I'm going to kind of break this down. The word great and great white throne is megas in the Greek. Megas, M-E-G-A-S. It means high, large, loud, mighty, exceedingly great. The word white here, you think of color, but it actually doesn't mean color. It's leukos, L-E-U-K-O-S in the Greek. It means light. 
So this great white is, 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 a, is a, well, I'll, I'll break it down, then we'll just kind of go through what the word throne here is, thronos. That's pretty easy in the Greek, thronos. Just, you know, take off the E on the end and put OS, thronos. It means a stately seat, a power, potentate. So the Greek word for face here, the, you know, let's, let's again look at verse 11, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. The word face here, pros, prosopon, P-R-O-S-O-P-O-N, it means countenance, appearance, presence, or person. So here's what John saw. He saw this large, mighty, stately seat of power from whose countenance or appearance that the earth and the heaven tried to escape from but couldn't. That's the first thing he saw. It's this. It's it's a brilliant light. It's all. So let's read verse twelve. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and an, another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of these th- those things which were written in the books according to their works. So not only is our name going to be in the book of life, you know, but but that book of life is actually going to be examined at the white throne again. And what will happen to a person that's the white throne, their name will not be in that book of life. So let's kind of break this verse down. I realize this is a little depressing because, because it's very, it should be. It's very sobering. But it's something we need to talk about because you, you, we don't talk about a lot of things in church. And we discuss a lot of things in church that are some of the most sobering facts that we need to be in realization of. Uh, so the Greek word for books here, biblion, does that sound familiar? Biblion. It's where we get our English word, Biblion, Bible. Uh, it's it's th- from the root word. That word actually means roll or scroll. A roll. Okay, <clears throat> you remember when you went to class? Well, this is I was old when I <laughs> when I went to class in school. They took roll. They called everybody's name that, and you had to say here. So that's what this Greek word means. There's a roll taking of roll. Uh, the Greek word for life here is zoe. 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 It means lifetime. Lifetime. The Greek word uh, for works here is ergon. E r g o n. It means your toils, your labors, your deeds, all the things that you did. The Greek word for written here is grapho. Grapho. It means to describe. Describe. So. Not only are these people going to be there, their life is going to be described for them. That's, that's pretty tough. So John saw the dead, both great, small and great. The word small and great just simply men, means from, the, from, the, from what you would consider the lowest of humanity to what you would consider the greatest of humanity. Their name's not in the book. Look, look, let's look at what it says again here. Look, look at the verse. And, and the books were opened. So their name's not in the book, but the books are open, and there's the description of their life. You remember Scripture tells us that every word, every idle word, every it's all going to be presented right there, right in front of them. They will have no excuse. God will have everything. The things that are in secret are not in secret. The things that were spoken that nobody knew, God knew. It'll all be presented there. So John saw the dead, both small and great, stand before God, and the scrolls were open, and another book was open, and which is the book of lifetime. 
The book of life is the book of lifetime. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their deeds, their toils, their labor. And so, so what you see unfolding in the white throne judgment is your life is just presented before you. That being every. You remember that show, This Is Your Life? Yeah, okay, well, that's not even a clue. Verse 13. Yeah, see, that's no, nothing is alone by itself correct because what will happen at the judgment seat is we're obviously in the Lamb's Book of Life because we're raptured. And so what will happen is the, accord, the books are open according to our works and according to what we did, didn't do, all of those things. The crowns, no, 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 no. Judgment, the white throne judgment is not for us. Right, no, 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 no. Ours is done. Yeah, right, right. Two, two different judgments, two different placements of people, two different situations for people. Pardon? So, so is all of this hidden from us? That's a tough question because if you look in Scripture, the Scripture does say that all tears will be wiped away. You've you read that right? Okay. So if tears are wiped away, what does that mean? There's no sorrow. But if tears are wiped away, for the... Yeah. The reason there's a reason we we always looked at the scripture as though there'll be no tears, there'll be no but it says the tears are wiped away. The scripture says that we as the saints of God, there with Jesus who is on the throne, we as the saints of God judge the world. Now, if you If you're there, and let's just say it's your brother, what what will be the effect? This is a hard thing to think about. What will be the effect on us? Understand now we're in a new body. Understand we're in a new what position. What's the word here? I think the question people have is if I'm there and there's judgment and it's me and I'm involved, well, am I going to be crying when I see my brother? Correct. That's the answer. It's a, it's a verdict. Yeah, and that's, 
That's why that that that's where issues. That's why people have problems with wanting to talk about this, because there there's a fearful thing of. But just understand when all the everything is presented, it's like being in a courtroom. If you if ever, when everything's presented and all that, then the verdict is rendered, but a punishment comes after the verdict. So in the verdict, which is what we. We will render verdict. Is, is that the easy way to say it? We will render verdict, and it will be so. Uh, it'll be so plain and so evident. There will be no way that you can think that this is not correct. God is just. They're all going to bow. And there's going to be people sentenced to hell for things that you were forgiven of. That's going to overwhelm you with grace. Yeah, not grief, grace. See, I think one of the things that we miss is that, or, or can we say crown? Can I use the word crown? Is that we will, I, I believe the Scripture teaches that we will finally not experience grace. We will understand it for the first time at that judgment. We will Not at the judgment seat of Christ, not at, but we will understand grace when we see judgment, when we see the fulfillment of God's just, we will then understand grace for the first time. We'll really know what that is. We'll really see it. So verse 13, any, let me stop. Anybody have any other thought process or question? Or And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according in, to their works. The word hell here is Hades. It means the unseen, place of the departed soul. And so when you read that, the sea gave up the dead which were in them, and the death and hell delivered. And understand, that's what death, hell, and the grave, the place of the departed soul. We, we really, we use the word hell, but we're thinking like a fire. But understand that you've got two different situations here. Hell here, Hades, is the place where the departed soul goes. When a person dies, the departed soul goes there and, and is waiting for final judgment. Abraham's bosom, paradise. Jesus said the word paradise, Abraham's bosom, are all relative to the same Greek word, and that's rest. When Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise, he told the thief, you'll, be with, you'll rest with me today. And so when Jesus died... There was a place, but where did it say, where did it say he went? He went to the place where the departed souls had gone. So understand this part of it. He told the guy, you're going to rest with me in hell today. But we think of hell as this burning devil pitchfork, all that business. But hell is not that place. The lake of fire is the place. Not that the devil has forked hell, but and that's where all of the punishment is. Hell, hell is not the punishment. Cross, right. And lifted up. It says he lifted up his eyes in hell, in, in the place of death, because no punishment had been rendered to him yet. Even though he said this, I'm, I'm, I'm tormented and all these things, but no punishment had been rendered to him yet. Punishment was coming. Punishment was coming. So... 
there are people that ask, if, 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 if I'm in heaven, can I look across and see people in hell? So, so where, does you, where does your spirit go? Where do you go when you die? Right. It takes the spirit, which is the life of God, and the body to make a soul. What happens when your body dies? Your body goes away. The Bible says that your spirit goes back to God. So therefore, where is the soul? <laughs> you have to have a body and a spirit to have a soul. To have a soul. That's baptistry. That was the baptistry. Yeah, y'all got scared on that, didn't you? <laughs> A lot of times when we look in the scripture, we we look at we look at Jesus telling parables. So when Jesus is talking about the rich man and Lazarus, the first question you have to ask yourself is this a parable? Is this a parable? Lazarus had died, but he went to, and, and looking into Abraham's bosom, who, who did, who was the guy, the rich man wouldn't talk into Lazarus in heaven, okay? Who was he talking to? Abraham. Where was Abraham? <laughs> where does the soul where does, the part, where does the soul go? The depart, what is the, the parted place of the soul? That's death. That's hell. So in hell, he lifted up. So understand where he was and where he is. The only thing is, he said, you know, dip, dip, dip water and put it on my tongue, all these things. If you look in there and you look at the, the Greek understanding of those words, you, you'll find that what, this, what Jesus is using in this story is not, it's not a parable but it's a it's a it's a fixed thing uh, that can happen. It's not a parable. It's not a pretend story. It's a fixed thing that can happen. As a matter of fact, this fixed thing can happen is what's going to happen at the white throne judgment when everybody's judgment and their casts. That's what's going to happen, and that's the description that Jesus has given here. You got to understand. Well, Abraham, we we think of Abraham's bosom. What's what's Abraham's bosom? People, you know, the, the Jews talked about putting their head on Abraham's bosom. All the, but those, those are representative terms. Everybody doesn't go when they, all the Jews didn't die, and when they died, they ran up and put their head on Abraham's bosom. But his bosom didn't exist. It was in the ground. It was dirt. So there's representative terms. What, what does it mean when someone laid their hand or rest? I just gave it away. When you, when you lay your head on someone's bosom, you're, resting and so you have to understand those terms and so jesus was given a given understanding the relative terms to understand in time and place this is what will happen but he he, he wasn't turning a parable but he was it's, it's kind of like what's the easy way for us to you know how you can tell a story and so you use okay there was a guy named john and he so you're not telling a parable 
because there are people named John. But, but there's a guy named John, and he went to the store, and on the way in the store, he slipped and fell and broke his back. So you're telling a story, well, did that happen? No, I'm just making the story up. But it's a relative story that has happened. It has happened before. But, but, but it's not happening at that present time. Or it can happen in the future. The hardest thing to understand about God is that he's not in time, right? It's hard to understand. So understand that when he's talking here, it's not relative to time. It's relative to event. It's relative to event. Because there is no burning fire in hell. That doesn't exist. Hell is the grave. It's death. It's the separation. Jesus, his soul not being left in hell. Jesus went to hell and preached to the captive. Who were the captive? Because when he preached to them, what did he preach? What did he preach? Well, y'all been waiting for a long time. Here I am. And immediately after that, what happened? People start popping up out of the ground. That's the, I agreed, correct, because that where it says there, in hell he lifted up my, I'm being tormented in this flame. You look up the word flame, look up, look up, you have to go to, and you have to go to the Greek connotation and also of the Jewish understanding of time and, and the, the framework of event. Because a lot of time, okay, let, let me, let's see if I can do, make this easier. It's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man, Okay. We know that the eye of a needle is not a needle. Okay, you have to understand that the term he's using here is not the term you're thinking. But that's not hell. Correct. Understand something. This is... At the at, at tribulation, the, at tribulation, the beast, the false prophet, they get theirs right then. They're cast into the lake of fire. At the end of the at the end of the of tribulation, I mean, at the end of the thousand year reign, when the devil comes back and gets all the people, and God says that's it. That's when he's cast in. And if you read the scripture, you see it. He's cast into the 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 lake of fire along with the ones that are already there. Correct. It's a different place. It's an eternal torment. Hades is a place where the the departed soul goes. The lake of fire is the place of torment. That's where judgment comes. Judgment doesn't come in Hades. Judgment comes in the lake of fire. Does that make sense? No? It's the punishment. Say again. Revelation says that death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. Yeah. Yeah. So hell can't be the lake of fire because hell's cast into the lake of fire or Hades cast in the lake of fire. There are people that, that are in Hades that are not saved people, never will be, that will be cast into the lake of fire. So you're, you're talking about, man, this, 
talking about millions and millions and millions of people. Yeah. You're talking about. So verse 14. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. This is the second death. That's, that's pretty self-explanatory. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So who at the white throne judgment was found written in the book of life? Nobody. So every single one of them were cast in the lake of fire. Correct. The, 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 here's, here, the just of God is, God is so just, everything is evident. A human being, even though, you know, this is going to be conjecture, but if I was a human being at the white throne judgment and there was a book of life that they got to look at and they were in it, but I didn't get to see it and that my name's not in it, that's not fair. You're not just... All of God's just, all of His just, all that's going to be presented. There won't be nothing left for conjecture. Hello. I remember learning what the book of life was as a kid. Um, as I got older, I learned the difference between hell and the lake of fire. Um, there's so many other books or scrolls that we just went over. I thought the book of life was like that was it. Like if you were in it, you know, if 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 I could paint a picture, I remember as a kid, you know, you get you get before the white throne, there's this big old screen TV that'll literally play your whole life. There's certain things that people don't know never know about my life unless they see that screen. And then based off after you saw that cuz it would see every opportunity God gave you, then is his name written? And at that time, I always told myself, yes, Lord, it's right here. Ying, it's right there. But even after that, that's one book that's gone. Now I'm reading that there's so many other books that are going to be read to this mass of people. Here, here, here's, the, here's the best. Here's the easier way to. You have a book. You have a book. You have a book. You have a book. We all have a book. It's our life. The books that are open. Everybody's life's book's going to be open. At the time of the judgment seat of Christ, your life book's going to be open. But it's not according to being lost or saved. You're saved. It's, it's opened up for reward. But if you're at the white throne judgment, your life book is going to be, everybody's life's book's going to be open. And now that's the damnation part of there. Their life's book will be open, and their works and deeds will be opened. So books, books, books. There were, the books that are open are everybody's book of their life. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because it will be revealed. Yeah. No, nothing will be hidden in those days. Not at the judgment seat of Christ. Nothing will be hidden. Not at the white throne judgment. Nothing will be hidden. Correct. You alone. Yeah. Yeah. 
Here's the beauty of repentance. Huh? Well, here's why people don't... uh, Here at this church, we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Number one, that's because that's what the Bible says to do. Number two, it's what everybody did in Scripture. And number three is the remission is the washing. And when our sins are washed away, and listen, we can't go back to the Jerusalem and find the cross and get blood and put it up. We can't do that. That's what baptism in Jesus' name does. The blood is being applied, and when that's gone, the Bible says that as far as the east is from the west. So guess what? When your book is opened up at the judgment seat, guess what's in your book? That's blank, God. That's blank, God. That's blank, God. God's like. Yeah, so. Right. You're only what you're at the judgment seat of Christ is the works and deeds you did for the kingdom, for Jesus Christ. And that's that will gauge your reward. So so your book, if you is a reward book, is the best way to put it. You're not you're not going to have to stand there. Well, that'd be horrible. You have to stand there and make up for your sin. That's all gone. It's not even doesn't even exist. There are five different judgments in Scripture, and there are five different crowns. Crowns. Yeah. Yeah. Crowns, not judgments. Yeah. <laughs> but what's going to happen is when you see him. All of us are going to take our crowns and throw them at his feet. Yeah. They belong to him. This is the moment I'm going to end here, and I want to go into chapter 21 because that's going to be our last thing next week. But I want you to look at something this week in chapter 21. But listen, this judgment is the most horrific judgment man's ever going to encounter, the white throne judgment. We should, you know, our calling is to make sure that we grab as many people out of this world as we can to not go to that judgment, not go to that judgment. Because there's Old Testament Scripture that says that when those people are put in my way and I don't do something about it, I am going to be accountable for that. You know, what does that mean? Does that mean I had a crown and now it wipes it off? I can't tell you that because I don't understand that. That's beyond my pay grade. But I know I'm going to be held accountable. Scripture says I am. So we have to be involved in the kingdom and be looking and waiting because not everybody you're going to talk to is going to want, want, want God. That, we understand that, right? And so our prayer needs to be, God, for, for the sake of time, and you do your will, God, because you always do anyway. The sake of time, put people that you've already dealt with in my life and deal with me to deal with them. Deal with me to deal with them. Don't let them get past me without me saying something or being something or just my life. Some people are going to, you're going to stand and some people are going to come up to you and going to high five you and kick you on the back just because, you know what? I watched you all your life. You don't even know my name. I watched you all your life and your life led me to God. That, that's going to, that's going to exist. But that's not the only way people are led to led to God. So our, our most important thing right now is, is to function in the in the kingdom. What our calling is is to reach as many as we can get in in our generation. We can't reach back past our generation. We can't reach ahead. We can only reach what we have. On that point, it's been reverberating in my mind that. The way that we have been programmed to think about preaching is having a pulpit and 5,000 people so that God will do something. 
Whereas in the beginning, you know, that happened specifically in these instances, but it was the church that was speaking about Jesus and the miracles and all the good stuff that was going on, and it was on a one-on-one -on -one basis, maybe famine in a famine. It wasn't the way that we project or present the gospel today. So Westernized Christianity. We've got to get out of westernized Christianity. Go preach the gospels to everybody. Let, let me end with this. I want you, because I want you to look this week at these scriptures. Because we think of the New Jerusalem as what? A city that comes down, right? That's right. Okay. All right. Chapter one, 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Stop right there. I saw this city coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Flip over if you, if you would. Look at verse 9. Now, I want you to look at this chapter because we're going to discuss this. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, Come hither, I will, show ye, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, that's sending out of heaven. Do you, do you realize what's being said here? I'm going to show you the bride. And he takes me on a mountain, and what does he show me? New Jerusalem coming out of heaven. I want you to look at that this week, and next week we're going to talk about what that's talking about. John, I just got a text. Elena's being deployed to Washington, D.C. Okay. Her unit had been issued in force. Uh, she's a nurse. Uh, you know, this is really, really. It's real. Yeah, let, let, let's pray for her right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just lift Elena up before you right now. God, you already know the situation that's going to happen. You know the end from the beginning, so you already know. We ask you just to watch over her and those that are with her, God. Place your, your hand over as a covering, your angels around as a protection, and Lord, minister to her right now. Let, let her find peace in her spirit and let her know, God, that you're right there with her. And, God, we pray that your strength be with her. And whatever she might have to go through, God, that she'll realize that it's you that's going to take her through it. We trust her life into your hands, God, because we know, God, you always take care of your children. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, all the reserves are being deployed to cap those. If she doesn't go to D.C., she's going to go to Austin. Yeah. But all the state capitals are going to have soldiers. Yeah. They, they put out a warning yesterday morning about insurrection in every capital of every state. It's, it's, it's an insurrection because it's us. It's, it's protesting if it's something else. Man, there's some crazy stuff going on, y'all. Some crazy stuff. This ought to really wake us up, make us think. Thank y'all. God bless you. Now go look at chapter twenty one. Don't go don't come back wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. 
We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.